Hi, and welcome to the Financial Architect for Canadians. Uh, we're giving you the financial tools to build a solid foundation for your finances. And today, we're going to be talking about saving for education. And I know it's a very important thing, especially have, if you have young kids. So we're going to be talking about RESPs, which stand for Registered Education Savings Plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's it. I just want to make sure I got my acronym <laughs> correct. All right, so I know that we are registered into one, like for our children. I have children that are uh, six and eight years old. And we have been investing in RESP for their education. And we're going to see the, uh, the pros and cons to having one as opposed to not having one and what the alternatives may be. So now I'm going to let Alin take it over for you. And let's talk about saving for education for our kids. Okay. You're listening to The Financial Architect for Canadians with Alin Godfroy and Glenn Baccaro. Uh, so how an RESP works is any money that you put in, you will get at least a 20% grant from the government. Uh, it is subject to a lifetime maximum, which is $7,200 per child. Um, if you have a little bit lower income, then you may be eligible for, for some additional grants as well, too. The benefits of putting money into an RESP is getting that 20% grant. Uh, the downfall is if your kids don't go to school, right. then that's where you, um, you can get a little tricky. So you have two girls, your girls are in a family plan, they're close in age. So um, the benefit is, let's say one of them doesn't go to school, you have all of the money in there, you can use it for the other child. That's right. If okay. you have an individual yeah. plan, and there's only one kid in there, and they don't go to school, that's when it can become somewhat problematic. Uh, what happens is any contributions you've made, so let's say you've put just, we'll make up some numbers here, $10,000 out of your pocket into the plan, um, then you can get back your contributions, there's no tax implications. And if you've gotten 20% grants, so that would be $2,000, the government takes that back. Oh, okay. So what happens, though, is that $10,000 that you've invested over time, right? If you started when your kids are young, you should have made a few thousand dollars over time in interest. So what happens if your kids don't go to school, uh, the government charges a 20% penalty, um, and then you can withdraw the funds, um, or and you would pay tax um, on that money, or you can roll that money into your own RRSP. So you don't lose the money, um, but there is a little bit of a disincentive if your kids don't go to school. But you do lose the grant money. Yeah, the so, government takes the grant money So back. the government takes it back. Yes. Okay. Um, so personally, I have an open, I have a four-year-old. Um, there's days that he does not want to go to JK. I have no idea if he's going to want to go to college or university. So for me... So hard to figure out when you're four. <laughs> yeah. So for me, you know, um, I like the idea of the 20% grant. But if he doesn't go to school, my concern is that if I were to be penalized, I'm going to pay more than 20% tax on that, pet, right? On oh, having to, roll, yeah. let's say I roll that into my RSP. When I draw that out, I'm going to be in greater than a 20% tax bracket. So for me and my family situation, it doesn't make sense right now. You know what? Fast forward to when he's 14 or 15 and we have an idea if he has more of an aptitude for school and it looks like he's going to go to college or university, then I can look at opening one. So everyone's right. kind of a case by case basis, I would say. Right. So I guess it is important pretty much to start as, as soon as you can when you have young kids. Start yeah. And, and an RESP may be beneficial for your family. Again, everyone's situation is different. Right. Uh, you know, I've seen people just save in a traditional bank account. Um, you can open what's called an in-trust account. That's what we have for our son right now. And what happens is I'm the owner uh, and he's the beneficiary of the account. So we're saving. And I look at it as, you know, if he has an opportunity to say, go to Europe when he's in grade 11 or 12, or we want to buy him a car, 
we have money saved and it's not dependent on his post-secondary education. Mm. So it gives us a little bit more flexibility. So for our family, that works best. Um, I would say if you're considering saving for your kids or your grandkids or a niece or nephew or godchild or whoever that little person is in your life, then talk to a financial professional such as myself and we can weigh out some different options. And I think that's really the best thing that you can do to make sure you get solid advice. I have seen cases where people have put tons of money into these plans. Their kids haven't gone to school and they've paid a lot of money in tax. And some companies, there's a lot of fees. If your kids don't go to school, that's a, that's probably a whole other podcast in and of itself. Right. Um, but definitely do your homework and make sure you talk to a qualified professional. So... It's kind of hard to say. Make sure that your kids are going to go to school because you just never know. <laughs> so My son's four. Like I said, yeah. he doesn't want to go to school JK some days. I have no idea about college or university. I guess I just want to leave it with talk to a financial professional about your specific situation. Find out what would be the best route for you to take as far as saving money for the future education of your children. Thank you for joining us here at the Financial Architect for Canadians. My name is Len Bacaro. This is Olin Godfroy. And we're giving you the tools to build a solid foundation for your finances. We'll catch you next time.